Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Welcome. What a treat to have you here today. You know, this is really a strange time, don't you think? I'm kind of experiencing that, even though we're needing our second wind now to get us through being isolated in our homes. Uh, it's challenging, isn't it? How do we do that? How do we stay busy? How do we really, really, really move to the next level in our growth and still stay positive while we're being, while we're living in isolation? Well, it's a challenge as most of life is from time to time. I I marvel at the fact that when you really look at how COVID-19 has affected the world, it's that when I look up at the sky, I am looking at the same sky that somebody in China is looking at. Maybe a little different twist. Maybe, I don't know, I strong up the sky positions. But... I think about all of the common things that we are sharing now. We've never shared this before. Never. This has never happened before. And so it's kind of a healing for the universe in that since we all are not creating gases, we're not creating things that are are destroying our environment, We have seen many things come back, many animals come back. We've seen the sky to come back in some places, Mexico City, a lot of places where the the pollution had gotten so bad. In India, I mean, unbelievable pollution there. And so it's, it's really kind of a healing time. So the world has gotten a second wind if you might be so kind to think of it that way. And because of that, <clears throat> because we have been asked to, asked to isolate, one, to overcome this horrible virus that is taken on most of our lives, caused great fear, great unrest, great sadness. We still will see from the other side of this some positive effects. Now, as we heal and as we re-enter our daily lives I suggest caution I suggest go at your own pace according to how your local government instructs you to do so so one of the things that I always emphasize is of our of course our growth and I want to mention to you that you can go and get effortless happiness my book um on Amazon. And yes, it does talk about how you can live a life with much more effortless happiness by how you can find your voice and finally ask for what you want. You know, 
It's all about, now the real topic of this book and why I was so excited to write this book, it was my first experience of actually founding my value. What do I value in my life? How do I run my life? How is it not working so well for me? When I made my transition from true divorce, I felt really lost and frustrated and a failure and all those other negatives you can say about the transition. But I needed a tool. And when I found this, it gave me so much freedom. It made some sense of the way I make decisions of, of things that my environment had said were silly and ridiculous, that they're really what makes me unique and an unusual person and my own person. And I began all of a sudden to accept myself as a unique person. I'm no more unique than you, but I think everybody should know those values that set them apart, that make them who they are. So I really encourage you, in this last few days of being isolated, I know we're near the end, hopefully, but this is a great way to spend some time, recapture some values, become aware of your uniqueness, so that you can head out after this little hiccup that we've had here um, and conquer the world with a little bit more of knowing who you are and how special you are. So those are my encouragement here. Go to Amazon, order this book. I think it's $22. And get started with creating and defining who you are. Now, I have been so excited. What if you could go and go to a place and learn about Mother Nature in a way that you've never experienced before? Being with what? Whales and dolphins, unique, awesome, so special. I met this awesome lady, Ann Gordon, about a year ago, and her story just absolutely fascinated me. I'm not going to tell her story because I want her to tell her story as the only way she can with great gusto, and I think you're going to love it. But she has, after a transition that we always go through, and we always have those wins and successes after going through our transition of pain and change, Anne certainly did that. Today, she is running her successful whale and dolphin wisdom retreats internationally. She's been running them since 2007. She shares the wisdom of the dolphins and whales through transformational retreats to spend time with and deepen your very own spiritual connection with the natural world. Now, she does individual trips and retreats for coaches because she is a retreat success coach who loves to share her comprehensive knowledge and experience of leading lucrative retreats in the last 13 years with coaches, healers, and transformational leaders. She is dedicated to empowering you to easily create, fill, and lead this transformational retreat 
that you have been dreaming of. So, with uh, no more talking, Ann, I am turning this over to you. I am so thrilled that you are here today. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and an honor, and I look forward to our time together. I know, but I, you know, when you told your story, now, I, as I said, I met Ann about a year ago and in, at a retreat, and I was just amazed at your path that you took. And so I want to, I want to start with that because it kind of sets us up to how special you are. <laughs> okay. So I studied biology and animal behavior. I worked as a zookeeper. I trained animals for educational outreach programs. And then I transitioned into training animals for the film industry for, and I did that for over 20 years. <gasps> Wow. Worked on films like Air Bud, Air Buddies, Legends of the Fall, Homeward Bound, Home for the Holidays, Practical Magic, etc., etc., Northern Exposure. And I was getting to a point where I was like, you know, I'd done a lot. I pretty much reached all my goals in that industry. And it was a fun industry. And it paid really well. Yeah. But I was getting a little tired and ready for something different in my life. Well, yeah. I got a call to work on the film in Panama. It was a U.S. film, filming on location down there. And the interesting thing is I almost, I tried three times to turn it down. <laughs> and the producer, who was a friend of mine, would have nothing of it. No, Anne, we need you. We need you. <laughs> so... He sent me the script. I read it and I was like, oh my God, I have to do this film. So I went and that film hired a local tribe of indigenous people as the actors on the film. Ah, awesome. So, yeah. So, and they still live in traditional villages deep in the rainforest. Mm -hmm. And so I got to spend a lot of time with them on the movie set visit their villages on the weekends and was just so deeply touched with the quality of life that they're living with family being number one, community second, work is done. It's the last priority. It's done when it's only necessary. It's not the be all end all that we seem to make it. And so I just love spending time with them. And then as fate would have it, I ended up marrying one of them. <laughs> Love won out. <laughs> it did. It did. Yes. So I was looking for a change, but I had no clue that's what the change was going to be or was even thinking that direction. Yeah. And, you know, and I like to say that if some psychic had told me previously that you know, my soulmate lived in the jungles of Panama. I would have asked for my money back. I would have <laughs> <never> believed them. <laughs> that would have brought the no, I can't go. But right. How was it transitioning from a modern woman from all the conveniences that we have in the States to, I'm thinking, and you can correct me, a bare minimum life with lots of value. I could tell that from the way you described it. But was it just a shock? 
You know what? It wasn't. And one, I've always been, uh, I, I, luxury is not that important to me. Sure, it's fun, but it's not yeah. vital to me. Yeah. And I've always loved the outdoors and being in nature. And these people lived in pure, true harmony with yeah. the earth. And I felt instantly at home with them. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, there's no TV. There's no Internet. There's not even cell signal. No electricity. <laughs> um, but it's the tropics. It's never cold. Yeah. You bathe in the swimming in the river, which is fabulous. And, you know, you have you you literally have everything you need. You don't have everything you might want, but you have everything you need. Yes. Yeah. Well, it just seems like such a such a radical change for me. Of course, I'm you know, I like. I like the softer things of life, I will admit. So (laughs) (laughs) it's what makes me unique. Um, So anyway, but I, I can, having been in the rainforest maybe twice in my life, Mm -hmm. I can sort of experience just the, the, the rainforest has so much. I was, I was blown away when our guide would tell us, all the things that are produced from the rainforest. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, there's it, life everywhere. It's abundant. There's there's so much food around you. You know, I read a story of these men from, you know, city guys from the U.S. that got lost in the rainforest in Brazil and came out starving. It's like, did you not look around you? There's food everywhere. It looks different. Yeah, you, when you don't know how to recognize it, and there's a whole lesson in that, when you don't know how to see the abundance around you, you will starve. Yeah, yeah. I, I admit, some of it looked different to me when they point at them. So, oh, cool. so I'm curious as to, did you work, was the, was that film, is that where you got your, introduction to whales not really because she'd already been working with them i yeah i grew up in the pacific northwest my dad always had a boat as long as i can remember Uh and so we spent many weekends out on the water um and i grew up watching the orca whales oh have always been in my life not figuring quite so prominently as they do now but they've always been there, kind of like having a, you know, a loving, kind, older brother presence around mm-hmm. you at all times. Yeah. Are are we really in danger of losing our whales and our, our is that a too vast a question to answer, ask so quick, so fast? Well, it's, it's a big question. It's not an easy one to answer. Um. Some species, like humpback whales, mm-hmm. are coming back strong. Good. Um, other species that take a little bit longer to 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 breed and replenish, and that are not opportunistic feeders. For example, the blue whales feed on krill, mm. and krill pretty much only. Even if there are other species like small fish and other things around, 
they won't shift gears if krill are low. Mm-hmm. Whereas humpbacks will feed on krill, on sardine, on herring, on anchovies, on, you know, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So they're more opportunistic. So when you're a, a real specific feeder, it's you're, you take changes in the environment harder than someone who's like, oh, well, I'll just eat this instead. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. species are really bouncing back um, mm. because we're not, most of the world is not whaling anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, is a, there is a lot of hope and there's scientific proof that when there is more whales in the ocean, there is actually more fish and more food for the whales. They literally create their own abundance and more for all of us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's important to protect them. And yes, pollution and plastics in the ocean is a huge detriment to yeah. all marine life. So we all have to be much more mindful about our waste and how we take care of the earth. And I love that that during this time, this pandemic that we're dealing with, mm-hmm. the earth and the oceans are are getting a huge uh, respite mm-hmm. from all of our human-caused intrusions. Yeah. So that's been really good for the planet in all aspects. Yeah. When they show those pictures of the sky, you know, areas that are really, really uh, polluted. It's just thrills me to see the skies clean again. And, and you know, it's just unbelievable. Just in a short time. We're talking short time. You know, it's and it's interesting. Cleared. I've been think I've seen those and I agree. And I've also thought back to, we've always been, I've heard over and over again that if we would just give Mother Earth a chance she would replenish and heal herself very quickly. And we're seeing it in an amazingly short amount of time that if mm-hmm. that the hope is, is that we don't just go back to the way we were doing things. Yes. That yeah. we shift gears and create a whole new way of being that is much more honoring and respectful of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. We're still the, <laughs> The audience is still out because we don't really know how we're going to re-enter. Certainly, think, some things have changed. They will, just because yeah. people have been exposed to different ways of living and doing. And, and mm-hmm. uh, but the you know the jury's still out. We'll see, won't we? We will. Well, now I'm fascinated how you decided to. Uh, now you, so that I'm speaking correctly, you do retreats also for just the individual that wants to do a retreat, right? Correct. Correct. Yes. And where do you usually hold these retreats? Well, I, I know they're near water. Yeah, <laughs> always, yes, exactly. <laughs> kind of a, uh, an requirement. Yes. Um, so I started, if we go back to my story, while yeah. I was in Panama with my new husband, Mm-hmm. Now I'm realizing, okay, this is great, but how do I make a living? Because there's virtually no film industry down there. Yeah. So it's like, so the tribe actually uh, lets people come to visit them, like tourists come to visit, 
and they talk about their history and culture and show them how they live. And it's a really fun thing to do. And it it's a real sustainable tourism because it sustains and encourages, motivates them to continue living as they always have in traditional styles. Yes. Yeah. So I started a small tour company to take people out to the village and people loved it because my unique perspective on the tribe. Mm-hmm. And as I was starting in tourism with the fam, the new family, I when I'm thinking I'm in a country with two oceans 50 miles apart. <laughs> so what species of whales and dolphins can be seen here? And how do I get out on the water to see them? Mm-hmm. So I did some research and found that there was actually nobody offering whale watching tours in the entire country. <gasps> really? Yep. Ah, great. It took, it took a couple of years to figure out that Panama is one of the only places in the world where humpback whales come from both the north and the south to breed and give birth. So whale watching is very, very easy to do there, but nobody knows about it. So so the beauty of that is that when you're out on the water, you're almost always the only boat around the whales. Mm. So that's nice. Yes. And it's very easy to find them in their peak season. So I started, I literally pioneered the whale watching industry in the country of Panama. <laughs> I love that. Go woman. Go woman. Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> it wasn't easy because again, nobody knew about it. So they didn't think that it was something they could do. Yeah. Um, but we literally had a 99% success rate. We saw whales every single day, but one every season, sometimes a hundred percent. So uh-huh. super easy to find them. And so as I was doing the day tours, I loved it. And I would really wanted to go deeper Mm -hmm. with my clients. I wanted to go into the spiritual aspect and lead meditations and really build a connection and teach the wisdom. But on a day tour, most people are not interested in that. They, you know, they want biology and the behavior and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, so I created my whale and dolphin wisdom retreats so that I could attract people who, like me, love the spiritual side, love learning from the dolphins and whales and applying it to our own lives. And so I started in Panama mm-hmm. in the Pro Islands, which is only about... Um, 35 miles southeast of Panama City, so they're very easy to get to. And then as I was doing my retreats there for a couple of years, I started thinking in, of other places in the world that have amazing species of dolphins and whales easily accessible and how I could expand my retreats to these other locations. Mm-hmm. So now I go to... Mexico for the gray whales. I go to Hawaii and the Bahamas to swim with wild dolphins. I go to French Polynesia to swim with humpback whales. I go to the Pacific Northwest for orca whales. Wherever (laughs) there's a really cool population and and we're guaranteed to have an amazing encounter, 
mm-hmm. is where I hold my retreats. Wow. Look what you've done. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like looking now, France, you're going to want to go to her website. Let me get it here. Uh, what is it, Ann? I'm it's looking, really, I'm looking. I'll make it simple. It's whale wisdom retreats with an S dot com. Yeah. Whale wisdom retreats dot com. She has some awesome pictures on her site as well as her different trips that you can participate. But if I'm just an individual, I just want to go. I want to experience the spiritual side. Uh, and I don't know about swimming with the dolphins or the whales because I'm not a good swimmer. And so, you know, I was born inland, flat land. And so I'm not comfortable, honestly. And so what, how would you tell me to progress? Well, let's just pick one because we only have a few minutes, three minutes till we go to break. So how would you, would the treat retreat if a person wants to take that adventure? Mm-hmm. Um, you describe all of your trips very well on this website. So, thank you. Yeah, there are some of my trips that are more boat based than water based, mm-hmm. meaning that we do more observation from the boat and swimming. Swimming is always optional; mm-hmm. it is never required. And we do have swim guides in the water and safety. And if you want to wear a life jacket, we're there to support you. But if you want to just sit on the boat and observe the dolphins and whales from there, you will get just as much out of the retreat than as if you went in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how does one – okay, I am skipping a little bit further because we have time. Uh, how does one swim with a whale or a dolphin? <laughs> Well, we always have to be respectful. And remember, we are in their world. So we never just zoom up and jump off the boat and say, yay, here we are. We always uh, watch them for a little bit from the boat. We observe their behavior. We see if they're interested in us. And they show us signs when we, you know, people like me who know how to read them. Right. they and then if they're kind of staying in one general area, then we gently slip off, turn off the boat, and gently slip off the side and move quietly near them and let them. We don't chase them around. We just let them choose to come to us. Like with if it's a whale, they may be down below us, and we just float and we don't swim. We just float and wait. And when they come up for a breath. They may come up far away. They may come up right next to us. It's always. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm going to leave it there and we're <laughs> going to move off to, <laughs> to a short break, but I can imagine how that must feel to have such a huge animal in your area and you in the water too. I mean, I'm having trouble with that vision because of my insecurity in the water, but I would have a life jacket on and a belt on and boogies or whatever else. (laughs) So anyway, have I not promised you an exciting show today? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Can you tell how excited I am? So anyway, don't go away. We have more to hear. 
Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Now, I'm glad you're back with us because we left you in a very exciting place. Anne has just told us, Anne Gordon is our guest today, and she's just shared with us about we have gotten in the water, we're dangling our feet. Now I have on the armrest, the the belt, the the jacket, because I'm a little nervous with water. And so anyway, but we are dangling our feet and waiting for that whale to come say hello. So Anne, do how does that feel? Do you still get excited with them coming up like that? Absolutely. I get excited just like everybody else. And it's every time is unique and different and amazing that this incredible animal, the largest animal that's ever lived on earth, the whales choose to come and be near us. It, it's like for me, I get just as excited as if it was the first time ever. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're huge. I mean, I'm trying sitting and looking around in my room here and I'm like, I wonder how long that thing is. It's huge. You know, well, it's got here, yeah, here's a good way to and picture it. Uh, humpback whale is about the size and girth of a school bus. Oh my gosh. That's huge. <laughs> okay. Now, I think this is really exciting, and I'm definitely going to do one of these trips because I'm just so uh, excited about the thought, even though my fear of the water is there. I know you'll take care of that. But, Absolutely. But why did you want to – I can tell the love that you have for nature, but why did you decide to break it into uh, leadership retreats so that, you know – a lot of your work is through coaches to help them um, help their clients. Well, the very first retreat that I led, I realized that just by spending time in the presence and the energy of the whales, what happened, what I observed happening was that repressed emotions and limiting beliefs would bubble up to the surface, but not in a jarring, challenging way. 
in a really gentle and easy way. And then there would be this release. I would watch people, uh, watch them navigate these emotions that would come up and, and then they would feel them for a few minutes and then they'd just be gone forever. Mm-hmm. And so I really saw the power of leading retreats and this whole environment. And I'll tell you a story of a woman who came on one of my retreats and she was a friend of someone else who had booked the retreat. So I didn't know her at all. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of quiet during the retreat, but participated fully. But didn't mm-hmm. share much about her life until the last day we had a sharing circle. And she told us that seven years prior, her husband had died in a car accident and where the car burst into flames. He couldn't get out. <sighs> and she was literally two cars behind and saw the whole thing. Mm. I can't even imagine the horror of that mm-hmm. and what she shared on that last day of the retreat was for the first time since that happened seven years prior she felt happy again mm. yeah that, that that is the power of retreats mm-hmm. yeah that would make you want to keep doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. And that's not the first time I've had someone with tragic, tragic loss in their life mm-hmm. feel permission to be, be happy and feel joy without, you know, the survivor's guilt. Right. So when I started leading my own retreats, I thought, okay, in Panama, since I lived there, there was no travel involved for me. And the Uh season of whales is three months long. I thought, Uh okay, how can I, you know, expand my season and bring more people here beyond my own reach of potential participants? Mm -hmm. So I realized that there were coaches and healers and transformational leaders, animal communicators and so on, looking and taking groups on retreats like this. And mm-hmm. so I started offering my services as a retreat facilitator. So I handled a hundred percent of the logistics. All they had to do was gather the people. And I did everything from the minute they landed at the airport to when I dropped them back off again. So wow. I had to do was bring their group, teach their group a few things and everything else I had taken care of. And so that was, that has been really, really fun because mm-hmm. as I mentioned, the power, transformational power of retreats is amazing. But I want that transformation to reach beyond, to have a larger ripple effect in the world than what I, of the people that I have on my email list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, one of the things that you highlight here on your information is you you learning you you're so happy to help people learn how to live in joy, play, be in the present moment with dolphins, how to live in the flow of abundance and forgiveness with the whales. They actually learn about forgiveness through the whales. 
Absolutely. Because that is mainly with the gray whales. Each species represents something unique. Mm -hmm. And the gray whales represent forgiveness because when they were being hunted by the whalers, they Mm -hmm. were known as the devil fish. Yep. They were the only species of whale that actually fought back Ah. against the whalers. Was that the Moby Dick whale? No, that was a sperm whale, but that was a really rare case based on a rare case. Generally, that didn't happen. There was just one particular sperm whale that acted that way. The rest of them did not. But gray whales regularly were aggressive with the whales and defensive is a better word for it. Not aggressive, but defensive. Most whales would just try and get away. So... What what has happened is in the very same lagoons where they were hunted almost to extinction is also the same place where they come to birth their babies, give birth, and to breed. Mm-hmm. And now in those very same bays, they are now known as the friendliest whales on earth. Oh, Because now they literally will seek out boats. They will come right next to the boat and you can reach over and you can touch them. Oh. And the mothers will even bring their babies and push their newborn calves as little as a few weeks to a month old. Push them up so that you can love on them. Oh. And if they can trust us with their brand new baby, and Mm -hmm. some of these whales are old enough to remember and lived through the whaling. Mm. Are that old? Yep. Some species of whales can easily live 200 years. So if that does not embody pure forgiveness... They can forgive the human race for almost wiping them off the map of the earth. How can we not forgive ourselves? Mm. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. Now, where is it that you do that work? That one is in Baja, Mexico. So we fly out of Los Angeles into Loreto, and mm-hmm. we go to the San Ignacio Lagoon. And that is one where we do not get in the water. Uh, in fact, the water's a little cold for that. But we go out in a boat each day, a small boat, and the whales come right up to us. Really? It's a small boat. So they can, you can really touch can the baby? Out. Yeah, you can really right out and touch and splash and play and even kiss the babies. Oh, my goodness. How fun is that? Yep, super fun. Wow. Yes. So of all of these that, and I hope that, I desperately hope that we're able to do these tours, these retreats this year for you. Um, um, assuming that we can, I see the first one that you're going to do in 2020 is in July. Is that correct? I have in I have my Panama retreats uh July through September. I'm always available down there. I'll be mm-hmm. uh, it, 
available for that, as well as um, in, I was going to have my Bimini Swim with Wild Dolphins retreat in May, but that's been postponed till August. So July oh. and August, the first time of the year, I will be doing new retreats, doing my yeah. next retreat. Yeah. So if a person was looking, and we've already discussed how you support the person that's uncomfortable in the water, maybe mm-hmm. doesn't swim. Um, well, I, another thing I'm kind of curious about, dolphins, I would think, are very sensitive to our emotions, correct? Absolutely. They have, um, they have a echolocation or also known as sonar and with this echolocation uh they can literally see inside the bodies of each other Mm. almost like x-ray vision they can see if there's a broken bone if there's a tumor if there's a pregnancy they can see all of that now, they can also see that in any other body, in the whether it's a prey fish or whether it's a human. Mm. They also can see your mood and your mm. emotions. Because when you are sad or angry or afraid, mm. you hold your body physically differently than when you're relaxed and happy. Yeah. And so yeah. I like to say that they live in complete transparency in their world mm-hmm. there is no such thing as a secret or lie in the world in a dolphin pod mm-hmm. so yeah. I love how they model that for us uh-huh. so if you are feeling fearful then they know that also if you and they'll be very gentle with you if you are feeling like you are all about want. I want, I want this dolphin to come close to me. I want, I want, I want. <laughs> they're they're going to stay away until you <laughs> let go of that desire and just enjoy what is. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you a really cool example of that. I was leading a my retreat in Bimini one year, and my mother-in-law had died unexpectedly three days before. Mm -hmm. and for the most part I didn't really tell anybody about it until the third day of the retreat which was the day of the funeral that I was missing out on and it was really hard for me to contain my grief Yeah, and so I decided to model the dolphin's world of transparency and share with my group what was going on and just so they knew of course, I wasn't going to, you know, let that interfere with my being with them. And and how that when the dolphins, you can feel joy and grief at the same time. Mm-hmm. So when we found the dolphins that day, it was actually our most magical encounter of all the trip, that trip. Mm-hmm. And we got in the water. There was 40 dolphins everywhere. Everybody got in the water. Even we had a guy that an older man didn't walk very well. Our swim guide took him in and put a life jacket on him and made sure he had an amazing encounter. And I kind of kept back. I was in the water, but I was kind of keeping back, letting, make, making sure all of my participants were having a good encounter and mm-hmm. just being alone with my grief and 
emotions. <clears throat> and one dolphin came up to me. Mm-hmm. And she started circling me literally within a foot of my body. Eye contact. So I started spinning around so I could continue the eye contact as she made circles. <laughs> and she kept circling me for like three or four times until I couldn't help myself and I burst out into laughter, which is not easy to do in a snorkel, but I did. And, <laughs> and then she swam off. It's like, okay, my job is done here. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. <laughs> Oh, so they're not put off really by the feeling of fear that we might have. Or do they keep their distance? They kind of play with us? They're aware. They won't come. Some people that are comfortable will, they'll just come zooming right up to. But if Uh they sense you're nervous or fearful, they will be gentle and come up at you in a way that you are comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. Very well. Yeah, and also when we were visiting, you mentioned that you don't really touch the dolphins. No, these are wild animals. These are not animals that are used to being touched by humans. Mm-hmm. So it's the only ones that we touch are the gray whales who come to be touched. But the the wild dolphins, when you're swimming with them, if, it's funny. If you reach your hand out towards them, because often they're close enough where you could touch them. If you reach your hand out, they move away. But if mm-hmm. you put your hand down and just maybe trail it behind you or at your side, they come in closer. <laughs> I mean, I'd have yeah. them come so close to me. I'm like, how did you do that and not touch me? <laughs> yes. Well, it, it would be very hard not to you mention being in the present. It would be very hard not to be in the present when surrounded by such magnificent animals. Absolutely. With- Even on the boat, when you're on the boat and the dolphins show up and they're riding in front of the boat or there's a whale nearby, it literally is impossible to think of anything else but in that magical moment in their presence. Yeah. Such a gift to us because we're so often thinking of, oh, my God, I got the bills to pay or I've got this project coming up. Oh, man, I wish I hadn't said that yesterday or done that. (laughs) We live in past and future all the time. So it's a gift to us to be present And when that happens, what I have found is and observed is that people automatically get silly and playful. Sometimes they burst out into song. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a children's song or, you know, some movie song or TV series goofy song from the 60s. It -hmm. doesn't matter. But that natural playfulness Mm -hmm. happens when we get move into that present moment. Right. And that's why your retreats are so successful. It it sort of takes us out of those things that we've put ourselves into because of our mindset or how we're thinking or how we're reliving things. And it kind of moves us into a, a, a almost suspension. Would you say? It totally does. Yeah, it totally does. And, you know, reconnects us with, you know, our true self that we so often 
feel we have to hide mm-hmm. or, you know, and just worried about stuff around us and get distracted by all the technology and the busyness of our days. All of that is gone on my retreats. Right. So I'm going to ask you a really serious question here. Okay. <laughs> Are you having fun, and Absolutely. The, <laughs> the beauty of it is that when I'm on a retreat, even if it's people that I have never met in person yet, mm-hmm. I end up feeling like I'm taking a trip with some of my new best friends. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I enjoy it as much as my participants do. Yeah. Well, I know my listeners out there can tell what a delight you are to be with, how much fun they'd have should they decide to visit your website. But you do have a a retreat planner checklist, I think, listed as an option for someone to take advantage of if they are thinking about this is a possibility for their retreat how how do they get this do they um how do they do this sure if your and, listeners are thinking about wanting to lead a retreat mm-hmm. um then there's a whole but maybe overwhelmed on how to do it or afraid they won't be able to fill it yes. i have uh, a retreat leaders like a retreat planner checklist where it's like a workbook and a check timeline that says nine to 12 months out before you retreat, you do this six ah. months, you do that and walks you through the entire process. And that is that retreatleaders.com. Oh, okay. I'm writing that down. Um, how large does a group need to be to have a retreat? Well, it really depends on what your retreat wants to be. Cause I can teach you to lead a retreat whether it, it doesn't have to have anything to do with you being, you know, interested in dolphins or whales. That's right. just me and my way, my method. Yeah. But if you want to lead retreats on healing grief or abundance or relationships or whatever or yoga retreats, it doesn't matter whether you do it in the mountains in Italy or Alaska or the Sedona, or this retreat planner will work for you. Oh, okay. I was I, in my mind. I was thinking, how large does a group need to be to okay. do one of your it retreats? Really yeah, on my retreats. Again, it depends. My Bimini retreat, I have twenty people. My mm-hmm. Panama retreats are filled at twelve people. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Now, um, on your website, you have uh, your trips. You have so many things that people can go to. Is your Dolphin Spirit Guide meditation on that on your website? Yes. And if you go to uh, dolphinspiritguide.com, you can mm-hmm. download uh, an audio guided meditation to meet your own personal spirit guide. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's super yeah. fun. Everybody yeah. has one, so don't think you don't. You might, well, what if I don't have one? You do. <laughs> you just haven't met him or her yet. I know. 
Well, we are approaching the end of our time together. What what has been what what are you coming out of with this kind of crazy time we've been with and how it's interacting on your life? How are you doing? What is your takeaway from where we've been in the last few months? Well, for me, I've actually shifted. I've had to postpone one retreat Mm -hmm. and reschedule it, which is fine. And I've shifted something I never considered before, and that is to lead virtual retreats. I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, so leading a day, for example, leading a day to teach you all about the wisdom for example, of the gray whales or the dolphins and how we can apply it in our own lives and play games and build that sense of community. And I've come to realize that leading a virtual retreat is the perfect way for people to learn all about you and who you are and trust you and build momentum and excitement about your live retreat. I love that, Ann. I think that's yeah, a think great idea. Yeah. So that was really created because of what has come about in the last few months. Completely. Our isolation. I would have never thought of it at all. And so now this whole pivot mm-hmm. has become, now it's going to be a part of my, my business, my you know, business offerings from here on out. Oh, I think it, it's, it's great. That would be a one. I just, yes, kudos. Good job. Good job. Good job. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed my time with you. As you could tell, I, I connected with you last year and I just really, um, get so excited about what you're doing, what you offered to people. Um, you know, that's a great, I just don't know many people that do that. And I love the, uh, ability to go and experience it. So I really encourage you to thank, well, I thank you again, Anne. My mind went on to encourage my listeners to go see your site, to go, uh, just visit it, take advantage of your offerings. But, and it's at, uh, whale, whale retreats with an S. Dot com. And if you want to talk to Anne, you can, you have a question for Anne, you can preface that by Anne, A-N-N-E, at whalewisdomretreats.com. Yeah. So, I just thank you, thank you, thank you. I look forward to our, uh, getting together again after this, um, period in life. And I just look forward to it, Anne. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure and an honor. And I look forward to sharing the dolphins and whales with you in person one day soon. Yes, I've been there. I think all my other trips were canceled. So maybe this was what I was supposed to do. There you go. Yay. All right. Thank you very much, Anne. Now, for you listeners out there, think about what you want your upcoming year to be. Is there advantage in taking yourself or your family or a group, if you're a coach, wanting to expand, find new ways to expand your clients' lives? 
there are so there is so much out there for us to take advantage of so i really thank you for being here today i know that you've gained value from this show and i've opened a door where you can further grow don't stay small Open your door. Think about the fear that she experienced and where it took her. It took her to the other side of the world into a new life. So I encourage you this week. We're almost through with our isolation period, but I encourage you to move slowly as you reenter your neighborhood. Only do what you can do. Don't look at the rest of the world and let them tell you what to do. Move at your own pace to re-enter our neighborhoods, our businesses, our crowds, our airplanes, whatever your adventure will be next. So stay well this week. Have a great week. Remember to go outside and enjoy the beauty of that's around all of us. Thank you for being here. Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.